So I just want to remind us what this pathway is that we're really sharing and doing here in Interlight Ministries, that it truly is a spiritual pathway. And remember, a pathway is a journey. This is about a journey, and that journey is the journey of the soul. And that specific pathway that we're doing here is the journey of the soul right from the physical level here and then inwards and upwards through these other spiritual realms. The journey of the soul is always taking place physically, just in our day-to-day -day lives. In each realm, each level of consciousness has its own principles or laws of nature, so to speak, that we abide by and follow, but which things function. But when we begin to enter upon the spiritual pathway, that we're doing here, it is more a journey of grace rather than one of law or karmic law. It's really an action of grace. And grace itself produces freedom. And it is an action that truly liberates the soul. The confusion comes about because we're so used to living by the law that if we do something different than that, we feel like we're breaking the law or doing something wrong. Hence, we're going to be punished. Look what happened when you know Moses went up to the top of the mountain and came down with the Ten Commandments, right? They became law. People were punished by those, even physically. Even to this day, a lot of that is still present. Thou shalt not. And if you do, well, then here's the consequences. Well, most people don't know, but the original tablets that Moses brought down were not about law. It was about grace. It was truly a higher spiritual teaching that is always taught upon this path to sound and light by any spiritual teacher. And what we are doing today here, right in ILM, is no different than what was done throughout the ages. Whether we're talking about Moses, Abraham, Melchizedek, Go back to Lao Tzu, go to Rumi and Hafiz, go back to Jesus, the Johns, Peter, you name it. Throughout history, this pathway has always existed. But when we start to really follow that avenue of grace, it's not one that actually breaks laws. The action of grace fulfills the law. It fulfills it by honoring and loving it to bring it to completion so that we can now step free of it. There's not a breaking of anything. There is a stepping free and rising above and beyond it. That's why we start here at the highest place physically. This is the only true spiritual part of this physical creation is right here, the very top of the mountain. But physically, this is where the journey of grace begins with our own soul. In that doorway I was speaking of as we moved into meditation, this doorway is where that radiant form of God's loving shows up and meets the soul to begin the true spiritual journey on that path of sound and light. So in here, we talk about that journey the spiritual journey that truly fulfills the law that has been laid down 
by the ruler of this land called Lucifer, Calnarengin, Beelzebub, all those wonderful names of the devil, I guess. But that true principle of grace is what frees us and liberates the soul from the laws that have bound the soul to this creation, that aspect that binds the soul is the karma, if we will, is the law of polarity. An eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. For every reaction, there's a reaction, cause and effect. That's the law. That's all based on magnetic polarity. But grace doesn't, in a sense, abide by that. Grace is neutral. Grace is unconditional. It is a true action of loving that truly is separate and free from the karmic polarity, the law of duality. There is no law or magnetism to the action of grace. And it takes time for us to really even understand what I'm sharing now because the understanding only comes through our inner experience in working with the grace. And the more experience we gain, the more we have truly the understanding of the soul, the wisdom of spirit. Not of the mind figuring things out. There's a lot of great intellects in academia that take a lot of the information that has been taught throughout the ages by all the spiritual teachers, but then the mind wraps around it and puts it into all these boxes. And once again, we have the rules and the laws that come out of that. And that's what the mind will always do. Why? Because the mind is part of polarity. It is part of this creation. So everything in the mind, the emotions, imagination, body are always going to be responsive to the law, the laws of duality, of nature here, magnetism. But it is only the soul that truly can even follow the principle of grace. The soul itself is neutral because it is of that action of spirit that is through the grace, the loving. But the soul has to abide by the law while it's here in this physical creation. When in Rome, do as the Romans do. Give to Caesar that which is Caesar's. So what we're doing here is abiding by that. We're honoring that. It's when we resist, we go into rebellion and reaction with that, that we, in our reaction, set ourselves up to be bound by that now because of our reaction. Rather than honoring and loving the law of the land, when we fight it, we create an imbalance in our consciousness that binds us to it. It's laid out for us. And all we have to do is honor it and walk through it. But when we don't honor it, we stumble, we fall. And then our walking through it now becomes more of a crawling, falling down the holes, the wells, the pitfalls, as they call them, the stumbling blocks. But it is always said, all you've got to do is pick yourself right back up and continue on. And that's what we're doing. But that's what the grace does. 
when we fall down those deep holes that we don't feel like we can get out of, that really this is it now, we're stuck. And there's nothing we can do. The darkest moments when we're ready to just let it all die, including ourselves. There's nothing worth living for anymore. Those suicidal thoughts and tendencies, the deep depressions and darkness, those, those dark holes that are deep that we don't think we can come out of. Well, it's unfortunate or fortunate. It's often not till we get to those places that we will finally surrender and open up and ask for God. Most people don't start off religious. They've either been taught or shoved down their throats or if we've pursued it out of our own volition, we have taken on certain belief systems. But I have found it is not until we are truly desperate and in those situations that we truly yearn for something greater than ourselves because something in our life is just no longer working according to those standards or beliefs or things that were shoved down our throats. When we have come to the end of that, when we have hit the wall or in the deepest hole and can't find the way out, that's when you begin the real journey. That's when we begin to now reach beyond all of those beliefs or what we thought was true, what we thought was following. It's when we come up against that is when we're going to finally begin to discover the reality. And that's a good thing. That's why you hear me say, well, I don't really know if it's unfortunate when the soul gets to the, those deep, dark places and we're in the pit of hell, so to speak. And it's not, so to speak, there really is that. Or is there if it's all an illusion? But I don't want to mess with the mind too much. While we're here, that does go on. Let me just say that. Regardless if it's an illusion, we are experiencing that illusion. So while we're here in this illusion, experiencing that, there's always a ways and a means by which to dissolve that illusion, to begin to wake up out of that dream that is the illusion. And that's what we're doing here. But it is not until we, out of our own volition, truly reach out with an authentic, sincere voice and intention and desire, when until we truly reach out to God with that, life will just keep going on the way it has been, abiding by the law, living by the law, living by the beliefs of the illusion. But that day when that comes and we reach out with that true voice of invitation and asking and calling out to God, that's when the answer comes. That's when we now will start to open within our consciousness to finally experience and receive that greater truth 
that is that living, loving essence. Not as a hope, a wish, a belief, a fantasy, an imagination, a visualization, none of that. The reality of what that action of grace and loving is that we call that Holy Spirit or God's loving. That reality, that is reality itself, but it is often we won't discover that until we are just up against ourselves and everything. But once that door opens, once that door opens and we have a taste of that, we know there is no doubt there is a reality beyond all that we've been experiencing or living or believing. And that's when we really begin now that greater journey. And when the soul is really ready for what I call the last part of that journey, that's when God will bring the soul to the path to sound and light. Because it is through that action of grace that it is all fulfilled. The soul is here to fulfill the laws of the land, which is another way of saying just fulfilling our karmic lessons. Just presenting it a little bit different today. Because we need to hear it differently or see it differently. In my beginning days, literally in my first year, I had so many things awaken. And in one of my meditations, I heard this booming voice that said, I am the God of Israel. I am the God of Abraham. And that's the beginning of my journey. It's pretty wild, I'll have to say the least. But it just continued from that day forward. So I knew the God I was dealing with right off the bat. It was amazing. And it continued to be from that point on because that's when I really began then. The wonderful thing is I spent so much time in meditation to have the experience rather than just reading about it. I, I did a lot of reading too. But my reading was usually after my inner experience. I let my inner experience lead me and let my reading help fill in the gaps to give me understanding of that which I'm experiencing rather than reading something and setting myself up for a visualization or expectation of what I want to happen. Big difference. And that's where you need to be careful if you read a lot. Don't set yourself up for a fantasy through visualizing or thinking but rather go into meditation, just open, and just experience what's present. That's why, just like today, I gave the details. Every time I meditate, that Jim meditates, every single time the spiritual teachers meditate, we do exactly what I just shared today in leading into meditation. It's all the light and the sound. And sometimes that's all I experience. Oh, that's all? Do you realize that violet light is the Holy Spirit and God's grace? That peace you feel is the neutrality, the grace of God. It's funny because it's just like we need to claim and honor that. 
But most of us, we go, oh yeah, I saw a purple light. Oh, I felt some peace, but I didn't have any experience. You really want that experience? Well, then here's the way to do it. You stay focused on that purple light in that peace as long as you can for two and a half hours, 10% of the day. At some point, if you can hold your attention that long and do this meditation, chanting the sacred name, opening and receiving God's loving and back and forth, two and a half hours a day, day in, day out, day in, day out, for weeks, months, and years, I'll guarantee you, you'll have an experience. More than likely many of them. Including out of body or in body and visions and a door opens and you see all kinds of shit. And you see all kinds of angelic stuff. Because it'll be both. Make no mistake, it'll be both. You will see some scary shit. And you will see some most amazing, profound actions of love and grace you never knew was possible. But you've got to put in the action, the effort, and the time for that. Well, you're not going to unless that is truly inspired from within you and your soul truly longs and desires that. Because that's where it's got to come from. Just like I said, when you hit that deepest, darkest point and you're desperate and you reach out, calling out in true, authentic, sincere, that voice, it only comes through the reality of it. But when we meditate, even if you're not in that deep, desperate place and you meditate and you see that purple light and you feel the peace, well, there's the grace. It's always there, always present, anytime. It's always available. But what do we do with that? Do we take the time to be in that relationship with God? Just 10%, just 10% of the day. How about 1%, just 1% of the day? Start somewhere. The 10%, maybe it's a lot for people. Work towards it. Don't beat yourself up if you're not. But if you're a higher achiever, go for 15 or 20%. Go for it. You really want experience? You need to put in at least 10%. You want extra credit? Put in another 10%. See where it takes you. But that's up to you. There's no rules or laws in this. God doesn't work that way. When we say 10%, when we say no drugs and alcohol, those are the guidelines. Those are the recommendations. Those are the suggestions that can really support you if you really want to wake up. If you really want to know God and get your freedom and liberation out of this creation that binds you by law and restriction. That's what causes pain and suffering. But we've bought into that. But we also can buy into the way out of all of that. But we need the tools. We need that action of God's grace. It's, it's funny because it's given to us freely. Oh my God, this stuff is given freely. But what do we do with it? Well, it must not have any value since I didn't have to pay for it. 
must not have any value because there was no price put on it. Why do you think we call it the pearl, the, the pearl of great price, which is basically saying it's priceless? Why do you think we talk about tithing? It's tithing your time, not giving your money. Hey, we'll take your money too. In this world, you need money to function. But we do not play games in here about what tithing really is. God doesn't need your money. Yeah, maybe we do to physically exist and do what we're doing. But God doesn't. God just wants our loving, our participation. That's what this is about, is participation. Meditation is participating with God. And so is this, by the way. Haven't you noticed when you come to classes, retreats, that when you really focus and listen, you find yourself in a meditative state, just like you do in meditation? Well, that's what a lot of this is. It's always been known. That's why a lot of people sit at the feet of the Master and all the stories we hear. That grace is that action of the living Word that is the Holy Spirit sharing through for those souls that are ready. This is a spiritual pathway. It is one of discipleship. There is a spiritual teacher and those souls that are ready will know and they will choose to receive that sacred name from that spiritual teacher that they feel inspired and moved and called by. But only from within. If that is not a true calling you feel from within, then maybe this isn't really the thing for you. Because it's not. Believe me, the things we share here, most of the world will think we're nuts we're crazy, we're a cult, we're brainwashing people. Truth is, we are all of that. We are a culture of loving, accepting, and forgiving. We are brainwashing you because your brain is dirty and you have a lot of corrupt thoughts. <laughs> Time for some cleansing and clarity and purity and loving. Those are my jokes, but the funny thing is, that's the truth. But the world... The karmic law doesn't want you to get free, doesn't want you to live in grace. It wants to keep you bound, control you, enslave you. Isn't that what happens? A lot of the power-hungry, egomaniac people out there trying to control, get what they want. And on this pathway, what do we talk about? Give it all up. Give it all up to God. Let it all go. Surrender. Totally contradictory to what the world says. Get it all. Take it. Well, if you take it, just start giving some of it away. <laughs> We're going to go through all that to have our experience. And even what we share in here, we share these things so that we, as disciples, as students of this path, pay attention and learn what goes on in duality. When you start really seeing the reality of it, 
It's pretty simple. The whole world's bipolar, literally. We've got two brain hemispheres, bipolar. The poles of the world, north and south pole, bipolar. That's why it's duality here. Positive, negative. It's a magnet. It's a magnet. Magnet constricts, pulls things together, repulses things. It pulls it together and creates form. But once there's no magnetism, it disperses. There's nothing left. But in that dispersion, where does it go? What is that field that it all exists in? Well, in that dispersed field is where now the soul gets free of that which has bound it, enclosed it, captured it, so to speak. Once that's dispersed and there's nothing enclosing, binding the soul, well, then the soul is free. And in that freedom, the soul begins to wake up, to begin to know itself as one with that all-pervasive field of consciousness that everything exists in. And that's just another way of saying God. If you're uncomfortable with the word God, get over it. it. Took me years, years, just uncomfortable with that word. God bless it. Call God whatever you want. Ocean of loving, oneness, creator, higher power. It is that surrendering of our ego, our willfulness, that sets us free of that which binds us. And therein is the greatest challenge. And it's hard to believe, I know. It's not easy for the mind and the emotions and all the conditioning to truly let go and do these things that we seem to be asking people in ILM. Funny thing is, we're not asking you to do anything. We're actually just sharing here those spiritual realities and truths that we have found and discovered. That's all Jim and I do here. And those of you that have your own experience and share with others, that's all we're doing here, is sharing that which we understand through our own experience. And that's it. It's just sharing. It has to be shared neutrally. Well, I can ask, hey... Would you like to meditate? It doesn't matter if we ask or not. It's really up to you. It has to be chosen freely. If it is not done through freedom of choice, it is not freedom. So even when I ask somebody, I ask freely. When I share, I share freely. When I listen, I listen freely. And I know it's so funny. Some people have a challenging time with me because I, I goof off all the time. I actually, just the other day, had an inner experience where I was working with one of you, one of the disciples. And that disciple, who I don't even remember at the moment, to be honest with you, had a hard time believing that I was a spiritual teacher. 
that I really know God, have talked to God, walked with God, know what I'm sharing and doing here in ILM. And I said, you know, I understand because I goof off a lot. I'm always goofing around and playing with people. How could some goofball really be a spiritual teacher and do these things that I've read about? Because <laughs> most of you read. You want to read? Go read Sant Moth books. Go read Rumi and Hafiz. Go read the Bible. Go read the teachers who have taught this pathway. Not the metaphysicians nowadays. There's a million of them out there nowadays. You'll get a lot of confusion. Go read the true spiritual teachers. Well, in that inner experience, I said, look it, I understand it's hard to believe what I'm saying. So instead of believing what I'm saying, how about if I take you there and just show you? So I put my arms around that person. I held them and started flying up. Kind of surprised them. They didn't realize they could fly. <laughs> well, they couldn't. I had to fly them first so they could realize it's actually possible. And that's part of the job of the teacher is to demonstrate and to give you experience so that you know it's possible. When you have that, You've got something now you can work with that you know is real and possible now rather than a fantasy or you didn't think it was possible. So I flew this person up and in their consciousness they had some clouds. What do clouds do? They block the sun. So I said, just pay attention. So we flew way up. We flew beyond the clouds. And of course, once you get beyond the clouds, it's all blue skies, sunshine. So I flew them above the clouds and I said, there you go. I said, this now, that sun, and boy, you could feel the warmth of the light. Well, just like you feel the warmth of the sun here, this is a reflection of the warmth of God's love from that sun in the spiritual sky. And that warmth, oh my God, it was tangible. And the person was just opening up and melting. I said, this now you have. This is the truth. That sun, you now know what it is. You've seen it. You're feeling it. All you've got to do now is keep going towards that. You know this now as your living reality. You've been taken above the clouds. You've been flown. You now know the radiant form, what we share and what it does with you through the grace to show you the reality, to show you the pathway the way home. And that's all it took. And that's all we're doing here. I say that's all. Funny thing is, what more is there in this creation? There's a lot to experience here. But once you've had enough experience in this creation, you really want to go home to God and really know the greater spiritual creation and the reality that that is. Well, that's when you start calling out and when God will bring you to the spiritual teacher that is there to serve you and your journey home. And that's what we're doing here. Our words are one thing. Please don't get distracted by how I am, my personality. Listen to the words and take heed to the words rather than being distracted by my goofing off. 
Take it to heart. Go inside in meditation and you find out for yourself. You have your own experience and find out if what I share is true or not. I don't want anybody to believe any of this. I want you to have your own experience and know the truth. Not believe, but know. Because that's what we're doing on inner levels. But if you want to know that reality, you've got to meditate. Meditation is the key. And I'll say it again over and over. This pathway is simple. It's always a trinity action, just like we have LAF. There's three things that are needed on this pathway. The spiritual teacher, the meditation, and the mantra. Master meditation and mantra. That mantra, of course, is the initiation with the sacred name. The meditation is working with that, and the teacher is the one who gives all of that. How would you even know this if you did not have a person sharing it and bringing it to your awareness? We'd be oblivious to it. Or if you're like me, I, I ran after a lot of things metaphysically that I thought were spiritual. And oh, I went through a lot and it was amazing. But as I kept meditating, kept going, boy, the path of sun and light kept going beyond all of it. Beyond all of it. Because usually we'll chase after spirit guides and angels. We'll want to channel different teachers or masters. We'll do all these metaphysical, psychological things. And they're all part of our learning and growth. So I'm not saying ignore any of that. I'm not saying don't do any of that. I'm just saying learn from it all. But realize there's always something beyond it all. Just as simple as this experience I shared. Because the person only knew what they could see in their experience and they could not see beyond their own clouds. And that's how it is for all of us. We can't see beyond our own clouds. That's where we need somebody to be able to show us there is something beyond our own beliefs, our own clouds, our own feelings. Jim and I don't do this physically. We only share physically what we do spiritually. The truth is, it's what God does. But God works with the spiritual teacher, a form by which we can relate, have a relationship. We can give and receive. And it is in that relationship that we begin to develop a greater understanding in that connection with God. The teacher is just a doorway or an avenue to God. This is about God, not about the teacher. But the real teacher, as we always say, is the Holy Spirit, which is God's living word, which is the voice of God, which is God's loving, which is the light and the sound. But we need to have a way to relate with all of that. And that's why we share the radiant form the Holy Spirit will take on my form or gems, and it'll meet you right here in your meditation at the spiritual eye. That purple light is the radiant form. 
you may see the form of me or Jim, and you may see others. God works through many different forms, or what we'd call spiritual teachers through the ages. You are somebody that you always have a resonance with, like Jesus. I know a lot of people, or Moses, or Rumi, or Lao Tzu. There's something inside of you, more than likely God will at some point work through that form with you so that you have a greater belief and understanding and willingness to participate. Because there is an element of building trust. But that trust comes through love. It's all built upon loving. Everything extends from loving. I don't care if you call it grace or trust or faith. All of it stems from loving. And loving itself is the freedom and the liberation that is not bound by the law, but yet it honors the law of the land in which it is moving through, but it is not bound by it. And that's what this pathway is, even in this world. This pathway of grace, so liberation, is not bound by any law of this world, of this land or creation. But yet it honors it all. It participates in it. But it is free of it at the same time. The Bible, they called it the straight and the narrow. Rumi called it the river of loving. Lao Tzu called it the Tao. All these references to that same living reality throughout the ages. But it is not until we're truly ready that literally the Holy Spirit within us will guide our souls and even move our bodies. And believe me, there's a lot of souls that are not in the physical body that are being moved to on inner levels to this. But while we're here in the physical, it's the same thing. Many of you have been having dreams or your experiences where you attend classes or retreats like this on other levels. That's going on all the time. Just like we gather here today or in retreat. You see a lot of people you know from the ILM group, and you'll see a lot of people you don't know, but those are souls that are on this pathway. They're just in other places. But it's God who calls us forward, and we answer that call. We answer that, and then we take the steps and participate as we see fit, as we choose. Again, it's always offered, but it is never a have to. It is always freely given, and we have to freely choose. Now, that's different than we think if we're disciplining ourselves. Well, I'm making myself meditate. Well, that's fine. Maybe you need to for a while to build that discipline and routine and then after a while, it doesn't feel like a have to, but rather now you're just doing it out of habit, which is great. Just like anything, there's the healthy habits or healthy routines and the ones that aren't so healthy. So we can make meditation a healthy habit if in the beginning it seems like a lot of work and we're having to make ourselves do it. That's okay. But even if we feel like we're having to, 
we're still freely choosing to do it. You don't have to meditate, but if you make yourself meditate, you are freely choosing to. And that's the good news. That's part of the training, just like children or animals. There's a training, there's a learning, there's a school. That's what this is, the school of ILM. The school where we're learning about spiritual principles and the actions to take in order to have these experiences, to get liberated, to wake up. How to do that, what it is, the what, why, and how. The when is up to you. This pathway is always going to be around. As long as there are souls in any level of creation, there's always going to be this pathway. There's always going to be a spiritual teacher, or more, more than one, at least one. But it truly is taking the time to develop that inner relationship. That's the key. We present the keys here as we gather. But then each of us need to go and now utilize those keys to take that time in meditation and to wake up. So much of that inner journey up to the soul realm will appear very much like the physical. The difference is on the inner levels, you can fly. You're only bound by gravity if you believe that. So if you choose to believe something different, you can fly. When you found yourself encased in walls, in a hole, anywhere there's walls or a ceiling, You can actually walk through walls, fly through ceilings. Here you don't think you can. I wouldn't try it necessarily physically. <laughs> but when you get out of the body, you can. But have you realized that? Have you experimented and tried to walk through walls? Have you tried to fly through the ceilings when you're in a dream or out of body? Have you ever fallen in a, in a hole in the ground, and then there's the bottom. But have you ever continued falling through the bottom? A hole in the physical world, we would hit the ground, right? Well, when this happens in our levels, you can keep going right on through the ground. May not be the direction you want to go, take you down to the pit of hell. But guess what? We're going to go to those places where we have a karmic lesson Something where we are bound by some previous action of cause and effect that we are responsible to. But the difference is when you call upon the grace of God and walk with that light and sound of loving, that light and sound of loving is what actually will bring you into those places and free you of those past circumstances in which we created these attachments. That's the difference. When a soul is coming into this creation and having its experiences, it'll go into and create these things. 
to bind itself to learn the lessons. But once we have really had the lesson we need in that, now it's a process of unbinding and liberating ourselves from that. And that's what the action of grace does. That's what we're doing when we meditate upon that light and sound of God. Is that now as we participate in that grace, that grace will literally take our soul through these areas in which we are still bound to. And by taking us through with the grace, the grace will bring us through and just disperse the attachments, release us from that which is still holding us here in those boxes, in those prison cells, in those belief systems, in those feelings and emotions we have, and in those fantasies and desires and the imagination, even the physical circumstances that we find ourselves in or will. The grace will walk us through all of that and free us of that. That's why even... In this lifetime, when you walk this pathway, you'll feel like you've had many lifetimes in one. Because that is what is called the quickening. And that action of the Holy Spirit and the grace creates a quickening that not only frequency-wise you can experience as that spirit moves through you, but even in your physical life, in the timeline of your life, you can go through many major things that some people only do in one lifetime where you may do several of those things all in this one lifetime. That is literally the grace taking us through to free us of what really would be several lifetimes of karmic lessons to walk through. We're getting done in one. That's what happens here. You want the fast route, the quick way out of this creation? Well, that is through the grace action of the path to sound and light. And yeah, we'll get into all of it here. We'll get into lifetimes here. We'll talk about reincarnation. We'll talk about psychic and metaphysical. We'll talk about out of body. We'll talk about clairvoyance. We'll talk about practical day-to-day -day things. Because the soul experiences it all. If it can be experienced, it, it exists. Well, then the soul's experiencing and going through it. So we'll work with it. If it exists, it's a part of God. God's it at all. Even in that which we call the negative or Lucifer or the darkness, God's in all of it. And we often have to go to those deepest, darkest places to realize God's there too. When we can see that God is in those places is where we will finally begin to realize there's nothing to fear. Even Lucifer, nothing to fear. Lucifer hates that when we wake up to that because then Lucifer knows we have caught him and discovered his game by which he gets the souls caught up here. And it's fun. I've had so many experiences now directly with Lucifer getting mad at me and wanting me the heck out of here because I know the game. And that's happened for a few of you. You've had that experience where Lucifer's wanted you to get out of here because you, he knows you know his game. 
And if you know his game, he knows if you share that with others, you're going to help other souls begin to see the game. He doesn't want that, so he'd rather have a soul get out of here. But while you're still here, he's still going to try to play the games on you. All you've got to do is keep your eyes open and pay attention that once you learn the game, you don't fall back into it by being lazy or just assuming you've done it and you're free now. You've got to keep doing it. You've got to keep taking actions of freedom. You can't stop. Just like you can't stop breathing. And even when you do stop breathing, you still keep living just somewhere else. It doesn't stop. So it's not about, can I stop it or not? It's about, well, what do I choose to participate in? What do you choose to participate in? And do know, as you choose, if you want, and as you choose this path to sun and light, if you're one who is really choosing and answering that call to go home and going inwards and upwards in this meditation action, you're going to have some amazing awarenesses, experiences, and even your physical life will change to some extent. It's always going to be ordinary, though. It's always going to be the physical, what the physical is. That's not going to change. It'll be different in how you perceive and experience it. But it'll change according to the lessons that you are learning and have yet to learn. So be aware, even as you ask for the grace, the peace, the loving, the freedom, just because you have negative experiences along the way doesn't mean that you're not getting the grace, the love, the freedom. The grace has to bring you through all of those areas in order for you to truly be free and in the fullness of loving. That's the hard part that will often cause confusion because when we start walking this journey, we think often it's going to be all loving, easy, graceful, right? Grace and ease. Well, it is. We just have to keep seeing that even through the hard stuff because it's there. It's just when we're in the hard stuff, we'll often be distracted by that and we won't focus on the grace and the ease. We'll be focused on the hard stuff and caught up in the stress and struggle of it all. But at some point, that too passes. That too will come to an end. It's all temporary. No matter what it is we're dealing with, it's temporary. And then once it passes and then we find ourselves in the peace, in the ease now, we go, oh, now Spirit's present. Where was Spirit when I was in it? Spirit was with you in it all along. You asked, you wanted to get liberated and live more fully in the loving to wake up and know God. Well, God's going, okay. Well, then in order to do that, you've got to walk through all these things that have created the separation from the truth of that. Again, the difference is now God is laying out the journey. God is laying out the pathway. Because when you choose God and make God first, and you build that relationship with God, that's what changes everything.
And when you really do that, nothing can change that. No matter how bad it gets, no matter what you go through, nothing can change that relationship because it's only one experience inwardly. There is nothing in this world, there's nothing in anybody's imagination, emotions, or mind that can change that relationship you have with the truth spiritually. Like I said, Lucifer and his helpers will try to play the games to get you to believe otherwise so that you live in that state or sense of separation, which is an illusion. How could you exist and even live if you were in separation? Seriously. Your essence of soul is the essence of God. You, there's no way that would even not exist separate from God. That's the crazy making of it all. But sometimes you might want to think about those things. That way you can start to shift that false belief system in the mind. Remember I said, yes, this is a path of brainwashing. <laughs> we got to wash away all those beliefs that have limited us, that have created a state of believing we're separate from God that have caused the restriction, the pain, the suffering, the illusion of separation. We've got to change that. That takes conscious choice. It takes taking responsibility and say, you know what? Yep, that ceiling looks like a limitation, but you know what? I'm going to just see if I can fly through it anyway. And then you find you can fly through it. Your experience now will be your reality rather than the belief that you can or can't fly through it. Because you may believe you can fly, but if you don't fly, you don't know. You may believe you can go through that wall or ceiling, but if you don't do it, you don't know. You have to go do it. Just like in this world, especially this day, oh my God, this truly is a new age. There is so much out there now about getting over your fears, don't give in to your fears, Believe all these good things. Overcome all of whatever. It's amazing how much of it is happening on a physical level. What about taking that same teaching that we're seeing? There's millions of authors now rehashing this stuff everywhere. It's everywhere now. What if we take those same concepts that are being promoted so much now in the physical. And I'll take that and apply that spiritually. Everybody's focused on physically overcoming their fears, achieving more physically, doing more physically. What if we took that, instead of making it all about the physical, we started making it more the spiritual and breaking through, just like we would physically, but now doing that in our imagination, in our emotions, in our mind, in our belief systems, and even beyond where we're unconscious. Wouldn't you like to know what's beyond your unconscious? But every time you go into your unconscious, you go unconscious. Wouldn't you like to know what's beyond that? Well, what we're doing here in this meditation is the way to go beyond that. All the stuff being taught and promoted now cannot do that. 
A lot of people talk meditation, but how far do they take it? A lot of Zen meditations are just passive. Just passive. Quiet the mind. Quiet the mind. Good luck with that. It's going to take you a lifetime and more to quiet the mind. But then what? Okay, I've got a quiet mind. Oh, well, at least I have some peace. Well, would you like to know what's beyond that? That's what we're doing here. What's beyond the quiet mind? What's beyond the unconscious? What's above those clouds? And how you can actually get there and experience it yourself. That's my sales pitch today. <laughs> the question is, do you want that? And if you do, the why is up to you as well. Why do you want that? Does it even really matter why? It's just, if you want it, just like everything now. Here's the sales pitch. Here's the motivation. Here's the way. All you have to do is buy this course for 1995, and God will be yours. <laughs> Better yet, it's free. Well, it must not be worth anything then if it's free. <laughs> we could make so much money if we were marketing all this stuff. <laughs> But that's the thing. A lot of people are doing that. They'll take that which they think is spiritual and then market it and sell it to make a lot of money. Well, what is it then? Well, it's about the money in the world again. And again, I don't want to make that wrong. It's just that when we have certain belief systems and the way we see things, that when the truth of spirit is right before us, we may not recognize it. Just like this person, this experience, couldn't recognize or believe what I was saying because all they saw was my goofing off. So we have to give ourselves the opportunity to realize there really is a truth or a possibility beyond just the surface of what we're seeing. But we've got to be willing to take the steps, to prove it to ourselves we can't prove this to you. This is one of the hardest things to share in this world because there's absolutely no way we can prove anything that we talk about here. We can't prove it. There's absolutely no way to prove this. All we can do is talk about it and just think, well, I guess if somebody out there wants to take what we're sharing and try it out and see for themselves, that's literally all we're doing here. And find out for yourself. See if we could sucker you in to our religious belief system of soul liberation and loving and grace and forgiveness. That's a terrible thing to be suckered into, especially when you don't have to pay anything for it. They ripped me off. Well, yeah, we're trying to rip everything off of your soul so your soul can go home to God. But again, even that's up to you. That's why I make the jokes and play around. Hey, it's hard enough. Oh my God, I know how hard this is. And I know why when people pull back and come up with their reasons why they can't or they don't believe. I understand all of that. 
we've had people try to convince us, and oh my God, some people never give up trying to convince. <laughs> That's when I go, okay, you're right. Goodbye, got to go now. That's okay. Everything we experience, we have actually created, whether it was out of a thought, a feeling, some past experience. But we also have the power to create the change. But we want to be clear here in ILM. What we are doing here, we are not focused on creating a change in your physical life. We're not here to tell you how to do your physical life. That's where we're not a cult. That's where we're not brainwashing. That's where we're not doing all that. Even though I joke around, because we don't do all that. We say, it is your life. You make the choices of how you want to do your physical life. You do that. You make the choice of how you want to do your spiritual, and mental, emotional life, and your imaginational life. You make all those choices. We're here sharing with you a very specific action that we know. And if that is where you feel a calling, you have the opportunity to answer that and have the ways and the means to do that. And yes, it will create change in your physical life. It, it will. But I hate saying that because I know people will do it just to change their physical life. It will. When you have the grace of God and you start getting free of certain karmas, your life will change. It will. It'll be more expansive. It'll be freer. You can have greater joy and peace. Well, many of you who've been walking this also know the hells you walk through to get that greater joy or peace. But that's life. But we're really focused on the inner life. That's why we call it inner light. It's funny because some people, like banks or other places, you know, ILM has had to do whatever stuff out in the world. Some of them sometimes call it inner life ministries. I go, oh, that's actually pretty good. Inner life instead of inner light. I go, oh, that's a good one because that's really what it is. This is really more about your inner life of what we're doing here, not your outer. That's why even in Q&A, we're talking about, let's keep it focused on inner. Because believe me, there is so much more on the inner, way more than what there is physically. There's never enough time to really cover it all. The thing is, if people aren't doing the inner work, the meditation to have the experience, to ask those questions for greater understanding and how to keep waking up, well, then it's just sitting there dormant, waiting. Because if we're too focused on trying to get everything physically, then where our focus is is where we're going to be involved. And then the spirit just sits there waiting and waiting and waiting. Wait a minute, you got that 90-10% backwards. 90% is the spiritual, 10% is the physical. Not 10% the spiritual, well, wait a minute, you guys only said 10% is all you need to do for tithing. Yeah, but that's 10% of the physical to wake up to 90% of the spiritual. Is this confusing anybody yet? <laughs> You've heard Jim over and over say, you do your 10%, God will do the other 90 
You put in 10% that time in developing your relationship with God. The other 90% God walks with you and it'll be a lot easier. Some of you are discovering that. The more you can develop that relationship with God, you're going to see literally even your physical life get easier and things just happen magically at times. That's cool when that happens. I wish it happened every single day. Maybe it does. Maybe we're just not aware of it every day. We're just aware of those moments when it's just like, whoa. But hey, that keeps me going from one to the next, even if the next one's a month away or a year. <laughs> but if you want to do a little historical reading about this pathway, we'll often name the past teachers. Go read the Bible. I've only gotten through the first three chapters myself, so maybe I shouldn't say that. I could not keep up with so-and-so beget, so-and-so beget, so-and-so. I fell asleep and never got past chapter three. <laughs> I just have the snippets. But I do know the inner reality and truth of it. That's why you can bring any scripture to us and we can really tell you what the symbolism means. Because when you have the true experience that you have experienced spiritually, doesn't matter how it's laid out physically, you'll know what it is. I know some people are surprised. How can you and Jim answer every question that's ever asked? <laughs> we're just know-it-alls, right? Actually, we're not. We're, we're really not that smart. It's just when you have the spiritual experience, there's an inherent wisdom that just sees and knows the truth throughout all these things. And you'll discover that to be true for yourself too as you do this. So it is an inner pathway, an inner journey. Go do what you want to do physically. But we are here to truly support you on the spiritual journey in ways you cannot even imagine. I just gave you one little example today of what I did with the disciple on inner levels. I've done a lot more than that. But again, when I say I, that is not I, me, Brian, personality. That is I, Brian, the soul, that is that action in which the Holy Spirit is working through and doing it with. And I know that. And you'll know that too if you're one who's marked to do this pathway. And if you're one who does and has inner experience or in the dream state, pay attention to your dreams. Definitely in your meditations, but a lot of times I know many of you go, well, nothing happens in my meditation. Well, pay attention to your dreams then because what you do in meditation will definitely set things up for your dream state at night. Whenever the body goes unconscious, the soul is still experiencing on some other level. Can you wake up and be conscious of what you are experiencing no matter what level you're on? even the unconscious. At some point, you, the soul, will even become conscious of the unconscious. We have to. We have to wake up into the unconscious, and then we can wake up beyond the unconscious. And that's the real spiritual awakening. We've got to wake up through all the metaphysical. Metaphysical. Physical, astral, causal, mental, etheric. That's the metaphysical. Soul, spirit, is the true spiritual. That's it. I've heard Jim talk about the three levels of the third eye. 
First level looks down and out into the physical. Middle level looks out into the metaphysical. And the top of the third eye looks up into the spiritual. So this pathway, and I keep coming back to it today because it keeps showing up. Reminds me of that very beginning, the first time I heard the voice of God say, I am the God of Israel. And I went, Israel. Oh, wow, those are actually different names of God. If you want to go back and discover more, like even in Egypt with Isis, Osiris, Horus, symbologies through all that, the Egyptian stuff and Greek things. I've had experiences where I heard a booming voice say, I am Zeus. And then out of the forehead, all of a sudden came Athena. And I'm like, whoa, what was that? Then I started reading. History's taken on a whole new thing for me. I didn't know the history. Then when I read the history of that, oh, wow, that's symbolic. Zeus is symbolic for God, and Athena is what? Wisdom. Well, that's like who we are, the soul coming out of God. God created us. All these, whether it's Greek symbology, whether it's the Egyptian, whether it's Sumerian, whether it's this, whether it's that, those are all stories of a lot of the same thing. It's just for each age and culture. And each one often has borrowed it from a previous one. That's why you'll see so many similarities, because the truth is the truth. You'll see the similarities, but you'll often see a lot of little other twist to make it their own special thing too. But as we go along and continue here, this is where Q&A is important. We'll get into even things that we have talked here and there and maybe some new things. Just like when I discovered the whole story of uh, Moses leading the Israelites out of Egypt and crossing the Red Sea, well, I've had my own inner experience where that Red Sea is the etheric realm and the staff for the shepherd is that which parts that. And in the parting is where the soul can now freely move through the unconscious and into the soul realm, the promised land. So a lot of even these physical stories are actually mythologies. But really, they are spiritual truths of the soul's journey, not just through this physical land, because those events may have happened, but through the spiritual journey of these other metaphysical lands of the soul's journey into the promised land. That's the journey we are doing and sharing here and want to hold the focus on. Bring your questions have your experiences. Ask questions what you don't understand and would like to understand more. We want to support you and you fulfilling your spiritual journey. Your physical journey is going to get fulfilled. You fulfill your spiritual journey, well, part of that is the fulfillment of the physical. That's a byproduct. If all you do is focus on the physical, ah, you fulfill this much. You focus on God and the spiritual, you will fulfill that in all your lifetimes. All of your lifetimes, physically. Focus on the spiritual journey and going home to God. It'll fulfill 
every lifetime physically, astrally, causally, mentally, etherically. And you will actually wake up and see and talk to God. In this world, the people who've had that experience, the world calls them crazy. Hopefully in this day and age, they don't you know, behead them or burn them at the stake anymore. Hope not. That's why maybe we shouldn't let word get out. Maybe we should just keep this private. I don't care to have a painful death this lifetime if I can help it. <laughs> but eventually every soul will because that's all of our origin. That's all of our destination. That's the truth for all of us. It's not crazy. It's real. Every single one of us will have that experience at some point, once again, seeing and talking with God. Not just worshiping God like a statue, but literally having a relationship just like this. And what's even better, you'll actually merge into God. First step, it'll be talking. Next step, we'll be merging in. That's when it gets really awesome. And that's really the goal, the destination, what we're doing here. All the others fun. The journey's amazing. It's fun. It's scary. It's crazy. It's wild. It's peaceful. It's joyful. It's amazing. The angels and the masters and the heavens. It's incredible. And hopefully over the years to come, Jim and I will start sharing more of that from our own experience as well. But nothing beats the end of the journey when you really merge back into God. That they never talked about. When Moses, unfortunately Moses kind of passed away in the desert before the promised land, <laughs> if you remember the story. See, I didn't read the Bible, I just, I don't know where Joshua took them in there. Well, what happened to the promised land? They had to blow the horn and knock down the walls of Jericho. <laughs> That's the part where the stories in the world will never get to. There's always some other physical thing because the promised land's not of this world. It truly is a spiritual place that cannot be gone to by the body, only by the soul. And so we have to focus on the soul and the actions and the avenue by which it actually works. Call us crazy. Call yourself crazy. We're all sane here together. And this is the place hopefully you can feel comfortable in really sharing your crazies. Because eventually you'll realize your crazies maybe have a greater truth than what the truth out there seems to be. <laughs>